Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Okay, why don't you put the seat belt on? You cannot run away to the bathroom. Put the seat belt. Everyone do like this. Okay, seat belt on. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that the teaching today, if you grab a hold of it, practice it, will change your life forever. I really like this teaching very much. Because I believe it's the important key to live a successful and victorious life. I would like to continue the teaching from last Sunday because I did not finish it, and we're going to continue to go on. Many of you may not be here last Sunday, but I will review just a little bit about what I preached last Sunday. In fact, the title of the sermon last Sunday is Repent Afterward. Afterward. In other words, all of us make mistakes. All of us have sinned against God even though we are Christians because we don't know everything, because we are ignorant of the word, or sometimes because our flesh gets strong and we just step into the sinful lifestyle or sinful attitude and actions and talking. And after we make mistake, what we're going to do? Let me read a few scripture before we go on to talk about three persons in the Bible today. Today, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures, okay? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any not willing that any or zero should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The antidote to perishing is repentance. In this world, including in your own life and in your family, your co-workers, your friend, if you look around, you will see that a lot of people are facing some types of destruction or perishing in a major way or in a very little way. Some people may be perishing because they could not sleep at night for years and years and years. I have so many patients who say, I have been sleeping only two hours at night. They come in with their eyes very tired all the time. Or maybe some little perishing such as losing money or losing a job. But it can be a major one such as having a cancer and dying. Or even worse is that some people in the world are perishing because they are not going to heaven. After they died, they will lose their life for eternity. So there are different levels of destruction and perishing in this world. And the cause of the destruction is sin. S-I-N. Sin causes destruction, corruption, and wrong things in life. 
It's not God's fault. It's our own decision to sin against God. God loves us, and He said that the antidote of coming out from preaching is to repent. God did His part. He sent Jesus to take the sin on His body, to bear our sin, to pay for the penalty of our sin. God sent Jesus into the world 2,000 years ago with the anointing and the power of God to set the captive free. And today, He's still sending His Holy Spirit into the church so that His people will have the anointing to set the captive free and to help people to come out from destruction. But as human beings, we have to do our part. And that part is repentance. In the book of Matthew 21, 28 to 32, let me read one more time. I review from last Sunday. Matthew 21, 28 to 32. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. Like many Christians nowadays, very stubborn, very rebellious, very hard-necked, and very hard and hard. And that Christian say, I will not do it. I don't care. But afterward, everyone say afterward, he regretted and went. Then he came to the second and likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the religious leader in that generation, answered Jesus, the first. Jesus said to them, As surely I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Tax collectors and harlots did many, many sins. They were looked out by society because they had done wrong things. But afterwards, they repented and they entered the kingdom of God. Everyone say, repent. Everyone say, afterwards. Some of us may be doing something wrong right now or having wrong attitude right now. And God say, even though you have done something wrong, it's not too late right now. Repent, and you can get yourself out of trouble. Last Sunday, we learned about a man and a woman, a couple, husband and wife, named Ananiah and Sapphira. These couple were very prideful, looking for recognition, honor, and reputation in the church. They sold a land. They got an amount of money from that land. But he kept some. They kept some. They agreed with one another. They kept some and gave only part of it to the church. That is not something wrong because... You can give whatever you desire. You don't have to give the whole thing. But what's wrong is that they lied to the Holy Spirit. When Peter asked them, is that the whole amount of money? I mean, Peter has a word of knowledge at that time. God dropped the word of knowledge and knew that this couple were lying. So Peter said, is this the whole amount? God gave them the chance to repent. But both husband and wife did not repent at all. They still keep their faith, keep their dignity, 
want honor, they want position in the church, and they want to be accepted and respected by people. Instead of kneeling down, say, "I'm sorry, I lied." Actually, this amount of money is only part of the money I received from the sale. They did not do that. They say, "Yes, this is the whole amount." They did not repent. Both of them face perishing. They dropped it suddenly. Both of them, one at a time. The husband first, and then the wife dropped it in front of the congregation. Let me read a few more scripture, and we'll go on about the teaching today. First Corinthians eleven, thirty-one. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we examine ourselves, regret of wrong thing, repent of our sin, admit that I'm wrong and I don't want to do it, we will not be judged. Verse thirty-two. But when we are judged, we are not chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. There are two kind of judgments here: the world that reject the death of Jesus Christ. He paid for the penalty of that sin. They rejected the Son of God. They will face condemnation. In other words, after they died, they would not make it to heaven. That is the final condemnation. But there is another judgment. Even though we are believers, even though our soul is for sure going to go to heaven because we receive the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, we accept the blood of Jesus that cleanses our sin. But if we go on to sin in this world, God say that if you don't judge yourself, you don't repent, you're gonna face judgment on earth, not in next life, not in hell or heaven, but on earth here. Not that you deny Jesus. I believe that Ananias and Sapphira went to heaven. I will meet them that day, and I think they will come to me and say, "You know, we feel so sorry. That day we should humble ourselves and say sorry, but we make a big mistake." Be so stubborn and have a stiff neck on that day. They did not repent. They were saved to heaven, but they were judged on earth. The judgment come because God took away the protection and let the enemy attack them. Any time we sin, we open a little bit of a door here and there to let the enemy attack. Only way to stay from the attack of the enemy is to. Repent and ask God to protect us all around, that we will not be hurt or be in trouble or destroyed. Today, I would like to talk about three men. And when I read this scripture, I was so impressed with the mercy of God, because all these men that I'm going to talk about, if it were me, I don't think they're going to find my mercy. I think they're gonna face a big, big problem with me, but I learn from God. He is so merciful. Acts chapter eight, verses five to ten. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, and the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip. So when I and the team went out to mission trip, could you pray that? There will be revival. There will be people responding to the word of God, like to Philip, like this. Hearing and seeing. Everyone say hearing, hearing. and seeing. seeing. So when we preach the gospel, people will hear the truth 
and they will see the miracle. They will see something happen in people's life. Seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed, a lame were healed, and there was a great joy in that city. I love that when the gospel, when Jesus entered a city. There is a great joy when Jesus enters a household. There is a great joy in that household. I love that. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria. He was very famous. This man, Simon, he practiced sorcery because he performed signs and wonder by the work of Satan. A lot of people came to him and asked him for help, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, "This man is the great power of God." In fact, the honor went to him, not to God. Whenever the signs and wonder happened by the hand of Satan or by demons. The honor and the glory would go to the man, not to Jesus Christ. When the signs and wonder happened by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, the honor would go to God. Amen. So we don't seek glory ourselves; we want to give the glory to God. At that time, Simon was very famous. He performed signs and wonders because he practiced sorceries, and a lot of people came to him. But he heard the gospel. In verses 11 to 13, and they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Oh, this man was famous for a long time, not only a few months. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Many people got saved and believed in the gospel. Then Simon. Himself also believed. Thank God, this sorcerer repented or turned around and received Jesus into his heart. He became a born again man, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing. Everyone say again, seeing. This is why when we go on mission trip, people see miracle, casting out demon, people get saved, healing. We want people to see the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. The people in Samaria did not see the power of God before Philip showed up. They saw only the power of demons. But after Philip shows up, he conducted the revival service and the crusade. Many miracles happened, and these people in That town saw the real miracles of God. They turned around. They became a believer. They uh, baptized in water. And this man Philip, who was very famous, also saw the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and he got converted. He so impressed with the work of the Holy Spirit through the life of Philip's. The ministry of the Holy Spirit was so appealing to him. His eyes were widely open to see what's going on. He might have a book with a paper, the note. He write down what Philip preached. Oh, what happened? He was so interested 
in the things of God at that time, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He was watching Philip so carefully what Philip was doing in that time. Acts chapter 8 verses 14 to 19. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Even though Philip preached the gospel, performed signs and wonders, the evangelists went there first. Now the apostles showed up and prayed for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what usually we did in our mission. Whenever we go out to that city, we call people out to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, I mean baptized in water. Then they laid hands on them. How many people believe laying on of hand is biblical? They lay hand on them. And they receive the Holy Spirit. You can receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. And when Simon saw that, Simon saw that. He saw that these people who receive the Holy Spirit have physical manifestation. Laughing, speaking in tongue, shaking, falling down, or demon come out from people. He saw the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. The church is not quiet, singing three hymns, three hers. Everyone quiet and sing the last song, doxology, and everyone still quiet and walk out. They come in dry, they go out dry. No, the service in the book of Acts, not dry. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders happen in the service. The Holy Spirit was moving among them. Okay? When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostle hands, the Holy Spirit was given. Now what happened? He offered them money. Saying, give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. The question is, is Simon really born again? I believe so. He is born again because the Bible says he believed. He was even baptized in water. The next question is, can a born-again believer still have a bad attitude? Yes. Can a born-again believer still have pride and looking for recognition from people? Come to church, I need to teach the Bible here. I need to be leader. I need to be on the pulpit. I need to be on the microphone. I need to lay hand like you. Oh, pastor, you lay hand. I can lay hand too. Can a believer have a bad attitude? Yes. Can a believer who is born again and going to go to heaven for sure still have wrong action, wrong doing in life, and practice wrong things even though they're really a child of God? Yes. Okay? Look throughout the Bible. Abraham make mistake. David make mistake. Everybody make mistake. We all have some problem in our life, some baggages. Because when you are born again, you are not born again in your body and your flesh and your mind. You are born again in your spirit. Your spirit is born again, but your flesh and your mind are not born again. That's why the Bible says that we have to renew our mind with the Word of God on a regular basis because we have a lot of corruption on the inside here. A lot of corruption in here. 
wrong mindset, wrong thinking. Our physical body is not born again yet, so we still under the influence of the flesh. The flesh want to do wrong thing. It's a battle all the time between the spirit inside with the Holy Spirit and the flesh and the mind. Ongoing battle all the time in every one of us, including me. We have to fight with this battle all the time. Simon at that time. He did not grow spiritually. He was a brand new believer. He was following the man of God. He saw the apostle lay hand. He was still having some wrong attitude. That hey, I want to be famous too. I want to lay hand like this guy too. So I'm gonna buy the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna pay you money. Please give me. I give you ten thousand dollars. Give me the anointing. My brother and sister, you cannot buy the anointing. You cannot buy God with money. You cannot come to church and say, "You know, I'm a millionaire." You have to do what I say. No way in this church for sure. Amen. I remember one time there's a couple walking into the church. They both are physicians from Swedish hospital. They come and check us out. And when I look at them, I was thinking, maybe today I should not lay hand on people. Oh, that salary must be big, and the tithe must be a lot. If I lay hand, they may walk out. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? You lay hand today. So I lay hand. I obey the Holy Spirit. They stood up. They got upset. They walk out and never come back. And I have to choose God, not the money from that couple who are doctors. Money cannot buy God. Period. We have to do whatever we have to do for God. Money cannot buy people. Amen. But Simon want to buy the Holy Spirit. Out of his ignorance, out of his immaturity, he wanted to have that power to lay hand on people so that people could speak in tongues and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And now look at what Peter. Wow! When I read this scripture, I feel that if Peter is the pastor in America, I think he would be kicked out from many churches because he did not do we call politically correct preaching. Very strong. Look at what Peter say. But Peter said to him. Wow, this cannot happen in the U.S. Your money perish with you, who? <laughs> Because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Wow, very strong word. Repent, therefore. What is the answer? Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness. Oh. If you walk into the church and your pastor say, "Hey, stop your wickedness," I think you say, "I'd rather go to that church." This pastor is so strong; he say, "I'm wicked." In America, you cannot say this, okay? And pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bowed by iniquity. Oh, strong, <gasps> hurt. Sometimes I correct people just very gentle. They leave the church. I say you cannot do this. Next week they're gone. I, I was so gentle. Hey, and this is unbiblical. Don't do this. Where are they? They disappear. Peter, I think we wipe out most churches in America. Gone. God's will is that no one should perish. But Peter say, Simon, if you don't stop doing this, you're gonna perish. God gonna punish you. Okay. 
Can you become a Christian and have the wrong heart and the wrong attitude and the wrong motive? Yes, you can. And when God deal with you in the sermon or through your pastor or through your read, reader, please don't get mad. Please repent as soon as possible. Amen. Don't get mad at your leader. Simon said that I want to do the same thing like all of you. I want to have the power. I want to have the Holy Spirit, and I want to have reputation in this city again. He wanted to be seen. He wanted to be noticed by people. He wanted to be important in the eyes of people. His attitude was totally wrong, even though he was born again. Pride. And lies and selfishness are devilish from the devil. Pride, lies, and wrong attitude—all from hell. We should not contain those things. Thank God, Simon is was so different from Ananias and Sapphira. Acts chapter eight, verse twenty-four. Acts eight twenty-four. Then Simon answered and said, "Praise God." Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. Did Simon repent? Did he repent afterwards? As I understand from the church history, many years later, Simon became a pastor of a local church. He repented. And God used him. He did not die like Ananias and Sapphira, and God continued to use him to be a pastor. He responded to God's correction. He repented afterward. We don't read anything in the Bible about God's judgment upon him. After he repented in verse 24, the judgment was lifted. No more judgment. My dear brother and sister. We can do bad things, but if we are warned and corrected, and we repent, we can come out from destruction. We can see that this is very encouraging story because I came from the same background as Simon. I was a sorcerer before. I was practicing sorcery myself, Pasadano. I was involved in black magic, animism, and play with evil spirit when I was a young boy. And one day I got saved, and now he used me as a pastor. If Simon, who was so bad before he came to know God, he worshipped idols, he practiced sorceries, and he repented. He believed in Jesus, and he repented again after he got warned by Peter. And God could use him to be a pastor. Can we be used by God in this room? Yes, if we learn how to repent. Let's look at another man. This man is famous. His name is Ahab. Ahab. First King, chapter sixteen, thirty-two, thirty-three. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Wow, he broke the record, and it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. The son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of 
e t h b a a l king of Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. He worshipped idol. He worshipped Baal, the false god. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Wow! When you read this, Ahab was very evil. He worshipped idols. He worshipped Baal, and he married a heathen woman who was very wicked as well. Ahab was a very wicked man. He broke records of evil doing. Worse than all of his ancestors. When we talk about messing up, Ahab was one of the worst people in the Bible who messed up things of God. The drought came into the land for a period because God punished the land. Husband in this room, listen carefully. I talk again. Last Sunday I said this: Husband, you are very important to your family. Ahab was the head of the country. When he sinned against God. Everyone under suffer because he brought in idols into the country. On a smaller scale, husband, if you play game with God, you come to church on Sunday and you say Hallelujah, but you go back home and you watch pornography. You go back home and you abuse your wife, and you cheat tithe, and you play game with God. You know. You're gonna see a lot of problem behind you. All your children, all your grandchildren, gonna get into trouble, because God is just. I am a man who fear God. I'm not gonna play game with God at all. This morning I woke up. I had to transfer money from my personal check into charitable check account because I have two accounts. One is personal and one for the church and for the ministry. I calculate. How much I get? Ten percent. I transfer into that account. So when I write a check and even more for the love offering, I give love offering. I calculate that too. Add into it. I don't want to cheat God even one penny because ten percent belongs to God, not belong to me. That's what the Bible say. Don't give all the excuses. You can use all kind of excuses to say ten percent. I don't need to give. I don't want to cheat God. I rather play safe. Frankly, everyone play safe. Everyone say play safe. Not loud enough. I noticed somebody don't open your mouth. I don't want God to get mad at me. I don't want to provoke God. I want my wife and my children to be blessed, and my grandchildren to be blessed. I want to be the man who cover my family and this church to be. Under the mercy and the grace of God, I don't want judgment to come upon this church. I don't want judgment to come upon myself and my wife and my children. I need to be careful. Amen. I warn you almost all the time, all the men, because this is serious. Ahab was not fearing God at all. First King chapter twenty-one, twenty-five to twenty-six. There was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel his wife stirred him up, and he behaved very abominably. This is a difficult word for me. Abominably in following idols. 
Forgive my accent. According to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord has cast out before the children of Israel, Ahab and his wife were in agreement together to do bad things. He did everything. In fact, he did everything that the enemies of the country were practicing. God chased out the enemies from the country, but after they left. The king of the country practiced the same thing as the enemy practiced, and one day the word of the Lord came to Ahab by the prophet that God's judgment is coming on you, your family, and your country soon. Look at the response, First King twenty one twenty seven. So it was when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted. And lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. Ooh, I believe that some of you would think Ahab should be executed. God sent fire to burn this guy. God sent the army to come in to kill him and arrest him to go into jail and put him there forever. I believe that when you read the story of Ahab, you got mad. But after God warned him, what did he do afterwards? What did he do? He regretted and he repented. And look at the outcome, verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, "See how Ahab has humble. Everyone say humble. Humble is so important. Humility. Humble himself before me." Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. I study about this, and I find out that Ahab has a few sons. One of the sons, after Ahab died, he became a king for a short period, and he committed bad things, even worse than Ahab. After that king died, another one. Come up, named Jerome. This king, worse again, and eventually this guy was killed in the battle. God punished his son to die in the battle. Ahab did not get judgment. Why? Even though he did evil thing, unforgivable to your eyes, but God, by His mercy, He forgave him and took away the judgment. Are we serving the merciful God? Are you glad that Jehovah, who's so full of mercy, is our God? And if we repent, He say, "Okay, I let you go. I will not judge you." Wow! I have so much hope now because I worship this God. Look at the third man, and I'm gonna finish. Manasseh, Second Chronicle thirty-three verses one to four. Manasseh. Was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations, whom the Lord has cast out before the children of Israel. This king practiced everything the enemies did. After God kicked the enemies out, he imitated the enemy. 
for he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father has broken down. He raised up altars for the bowels and made wooden images, and he worshipped all the hosts of heaven, mean all the fallen angels and demons, and served them. He also built altars. In the house of the Lord, wow! This really provoked God because He built the altar of Baal in the temple of God, of which the Lord has said, "In Jerusalem shall my name be forever." God proclaimed that Jerusalem must be the city of God, and the temple must be only for Jehovah, not for idols. Manasseh actually was worse than Ahab. The Canaanites did bizarre, evil, and twisted things in that society that we cannot even imagine today. Very twisted and bizarre and evil thing. And Manasseh was supposed to lead the people of Israel uh, toward God's way, but he imitated the Canaanites. Second Chronicles chapter thirty-three verse five, and he built altar for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He built altar for idols in the house of the Lord. At that time, the way the Canaanites worship their god is to burn children alive, burn and kill little children that have no way to fight for themselves. Today. We may call abortion the same thing. Abortion is to kill baby who cannot help themselves. At that generation, they burn it in the fire. They build altar for the idol, and Manasseh not only burned the children of other people, he burned his own children as well. How bizarre! How bad he was. He practiced enchantment, witchcraft, family spirit. And wizard, he was so evil. Second Chronicles chapter thirty-three, verses six to nine. Also, he caused his son to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Himmon. He practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft and sorcery, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God has said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever, and I will not again remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed. For your fathers, only if they are careful to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord has destroyed before the children of Israel. Wow, this man was very wicked. He did not only build. Idols. He did not only kill children and his own children. He also provoked the Lord in the temple of God. Verses three to four. Second King twenty-four three to four. Surely, at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove them from his sight 
because of the sin of Manasseh. According to all that he had done, and also because of the innocent blood that he had shed, killed many children. For he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. The Lord was so angry with him. He killed innocent blood. He killed children. He burned children alive like that. He was so full of evil spirit on the inside of him. He was a murderer in the white collar as a king. Now continue to read. Second Chronicle 33, 10 to 14. As I say today, I read a lot of scripture. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. Therefore, the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bowed him with bronze feathers, and carried him off to Babylon. Now he was facing perishing or destruction. The judgment of God came upon him and upon the nation. Now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself. Pride leads to destruction. Brother and sister, could you please humble yourself? Don't be prideful. Don't use all kind of logics to argue with God, argue with the word of God. Don't think that you're so smart and you can do whatever you want. Humble yourself. Humble himself greatly before the God of his fathers and pray to him. And he received his entreaty, heard his supplications, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. What a merciful God is this. After this, he built a wall outside the city of David on the west side of Gihon, in the valley, as far as at the entrance of the fish gate, and it enclosed Ophel, and he raised it to a very great height. Then he put military captains in all the fortified city of Judah. Manasseh was judged by God because he did evil things, worse than anyone else before him. But afterward, what happened? He humbled himself. He repented. And the mercy of God is new every morning. His grace are so superabundant. Thank you, Lord. He rescued, he restored Manasseh back to the throne. The power came back. The throne came back. He had money back. He could build a wall around the city to protect Jerusalem, the city of God. But he faced some punishment at the beginning. My dear brother and sister, all these three stories that we'll read, we need to understand. The way out from preaching is repentance and humility. If God speaks to you about something in your life, He keeps warning you, correcting you, please don't be prideful and be stubborn. Be humble. Repent. Regret. 
change, reform, and turn around and do the right thing. Don't play game with sin. Don't be stubborn. Don't be so rebellious against God. Sometimes judgment can come very gentle and give you some time to repent. But sometimes the judgment comes in such a way that you have no time to repent, like Ananiah and Sapphira. Maybe a heart attack, sudden death, gone. Maybe big car accident and die. Maybe the plane crash, die. No time to repent. I'm not trying to threaten you. I'm trying to tell you the truth so that you fear the Lord. Sometimes, like Manasseh, he gives some time, okay, let's you get involved with that enemy. And you know that you're so blessed to be with me, but you abuse the blessing that I gave to you. I give you the authority to be the king, but you abuse it. God g i v e you the blessing to be in America, to have a good church to come, to have good job, to have money in the bank. Don't abuse it. Don't abuse the blessing of God and be stubborn and rebellious against God. Repent as soon as possible. When God warned you, either through your children, to the dog at your house, to the goldfish, through the monkey or through the donkey, or through your wife or your husband, repent as soon as possible. God can use donkey to talk to you. You stubborn so much, maybe donkey come to your home and talk in English or in Mandarin to you, so that you shall repent. Amen. Repent as soon as possible. But because of His mercy, He shall restore you. He shall spare you. He shall take you back if you repent quickly. God's mercy is so super abundant. Are you glad that you serve? The merciful God. Let's give hand to the Lord. These three stories are amazing to me. I learn a lot about the mercy of God, because I was thinking if I were God, I would have just hmm. When I said it's too late, you're going to be in jail with a hook on your neck forever. I'm not gonna let you go. You need to pay the price, but God is so merciful. Amen. Because God is so merciful to you, should you be merciful to your wife? If her cook is too sweet or too spicy that day, should you be merciful to your husband if he makes some mistake and repent? Pastor Dad, not her head. Should you be merciful to your pastor when he repents? We should practice mercy toward one another. Amen. God is merciful to us. We should be merciful to one another. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the story in the Bible that we can learn how we can come out from calamity and destruction. Father, we thank you so much for showing us all this story in the Bible, the story of. Lord Simon, Ahab, and Manasseh. Lord, show us anything wrong in our own life, Lord, in this church, as a church, and as individuals. 
as husbands, wife, mother, father, as teenager, as adults and kids. Help this church, Father, to be repentant church, to get right with you all the time. We don't want any calamity. We don't want destruction or corruption. We want the blessing of Abraham. We want the mercy of God. Father, if some of us here have walked in the wrong way, with pride, lied, and seeking self-promotion, help us talk. Open our eyes to see the wrong thing in our life, so that we can repent as soon as possible, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This morning, if you are not a born again believer, Simon, who was a sorcerer. Decided to be born again. You can do the same thing this morning. The fact of life is that all of us in this room, no exception, have made mistake, have sinned against God. We all need the forgiveness of God. Why don't you pray to God with me to receive His forgiveness, for receive Jesus into your life as your Savior? Pray with me, Father in heaven. Forgive me, Lord. I receive your forgiveness. I receive what Jesus did for me. He paid for my sins. He saved me. Lord Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord. Come into my life. Become my God and forgive me. From today, I will serve you. I will not serve idols anymore. I will walk with you, and I believe my name is recorded in the book of life. I will see you in heaven, but on this planet Earth, I shall learn and grow to know you more. Lord Jesus, if I have done anything wrong in my life, I want to repent afterward, and I want to depend on your mercy, Lord. Help me, Lord, to repent every single day. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If some of you in this room are bowed with some sinful habit, maybe smoking, drinking. Or pride, or some of you are bound by gambling, pornography, 
Here we don't judge one another. We all make mistake. I make mistake. You make mistake. I'm not judging anybody in this church. You say, God, I need your help to be set free from this bondage. Maybe little bondage. Maybe you are short-tempered, easily angry, or maybe some of you have the bondage of bitterness. You are bitter. You don't want to forgive people. I would like to pray with you, pray for you, and ask the Holy Spirit to come and set you free. Amen. If you're those people, you can come in the front here, and I will pray with you. For those people who need to leave, I understand. Just respect the Holy Spirit in this room. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you love money. Every time you think about money, your heart beats. It's hard for you to serve the Lord because you care about money so much. That is your bowl, your idols. You need to break them down. No more idols in your life. When I pray for you, I'm gonna believe that God will set you free today. That's why God sent the fire into the church to burn all the junks, burn all the chains and bondage from your life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh Lord, set us free. Come by faith. There's nothing worth more. Come by faith. There will ever come. Believe. God set you free. You repent of your sin. You did do your part. You repent, and God will do His part. Chains, bondage. There's nothing worth more. They will ever come close. Whatever change, whatever job, whatever burden in their life must be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, become a godly woman, full of godliness. Yes, Lord. The sweetest of love. Godliness. When my heart becomes free, filled, and my shame is under the chains, the jokes, and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Holy fire, by the anointing, the jokes are destroyed.
trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.